Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the sixth and final week of our series entitled One to One Encounters with Jesus. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us every single one of our campuses. So excited to have you on this Palm Sunday weekend. Again, we are finishing up a series. I've really enjoyed this series. We've looked at six different encounters. Actually, today's the sixth of Jesus and the encounter that he had with different men and women in the Bible. Very, very powerful how Jesus is alive. Jesus is not only a real historical figure, but Jesus lives today. How many are grateful that we don't serve a dead God, but a God that is alive? Come on. I'm fired up about that, man. Again, we are excited. We are looking at today an encounter that Jesus had with two different women and a man. How there were some things in their life that died. There were some things in their life that looked like they were over. And then Jesus walked into their life. See, here's what I want to say today. It doesn't matter what in your life. It may be a dream that died. You may feel like a relationship died. You may feel like some hope or something on the inside of you died. When Jesus walks into your life, how I many you know when resurrection power walks into death, something comes alive? Something comes alive. I want to talk to you today about the powerful story of resurrection, the resurrection life of Christ touching the life of two women and a man. You know, I begin to think about as I put this message together this week, I begin to think about the different times in my life when I've doubted and I've come into seasons where it's a little bit darker than at other times. Man, I'm like, you know, where is God? You ever been there before? I know some of you maybe are there even now. You prayed a prayer. You said, God, where are you? It's taking too long. Maybe you're believing for a loved one to come to Christ or you're believing for healing in your physical body or something you're struggling with, the emotion. Or maybe some of you businessmen and women, you know, you've been plowing and you've been believing God for something to happen in your business. And you ask this question, why God, why or when God, when? Have you ever been there before? I know I've been there in my life. I've been in there times in my life where I've prayed and I've cried out to God and it, it's not happened when I wanted, it's not happened how I've wanted, and it's, it's not happened in the moment I wanted it to happen. This story in the Bible is an encouragement that we are not to let go and we're not to give up hope, that we're to trust God, that God has a plan. And let me tell you something, we don't always see the plan of God, but we've just got to hold on to God. If we'll hold on to God, God will bring us through. I want to say to all of our campuses one more time, I know all of our campus pastors are encouraging you guys. It's kind of like this. You know, the NFL has one Super Bowl. The Church of Jesus Christ, we have two. The birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Now, let me just say this. I want to encourage everybody. It is the easiest time in the world to invite somebody to Easter weekend. I don't know how many services we have, but I'm going to be speaking a bunch. Everybody say, we, we, we pray for you. Come on, that's weak. How many of y'all love your pastor or not? How many of y'all are praying for Pastor Steve? Come on, come on now. Lord have mercy. I think we've got 18, 20 services. I'm going to be speaking six uh, myself. Uh, but I'm just going to ask you guys to think about who you can invite next weekend. We've got services all weekend where we're going to lift up the name of Jesus high. 
It's not about Church of the King. It's not surely not about me, my Lord. It's not about our church, but it's about Jesus. We're going to lift up Christ. Listen, we're going to preach Jesus, that Jesus, listen, can change anybody's life. I don't care who they are, what they've done, or where they've gone. When Christ enters their life, listen, God brings, watch this, life out of death. Life out of death. So please think about who you can invite next weekend. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. I've been waiting on Palm Sunday. I've been waiting to teach through this story. I'm so excited about it. We're going to look at Mary, Martha. We're going to look at the encounter that they had with Christ. We're going to look at their brother, what God did in their brother's life, Lazarus. Very interesting story in John chapter 11, where Jesus is late for a funeral. How many you know that Jesus knows when to show up at a funeral? Matter of fact, I just want to say this as a pastor. I, I, I really enjoy going to funerals when I know the person was a believer. I mean, when they're a believer, how many you know it's not a funeral, it's a celebration of life? It's a totally, listen, I'm, let's get transparent for it. It is a totally different spirit when you know that person beat you up there. They're just up there, they're rejoicing. I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something good with Jesus. They're having a blast. I mean, when you're, I mean, I, listen, when I do funerals, man, when somebody, when I've, I've overseen, when, of course, and preached at funerals, listen, when, there's, when, when you know that they're Christians, I mean, there's an excitement. It's almost like, man, I got to go back to life, and they got to go to heaven. Something about a funeral. There's a, there's a great uh, friend of mine that passed away a number of years ago, one of the best funerals I've ever been to in my life. And uh, matter of fact, some of his relatives are, are, are in our church, and uh, it's Ed Werner. And Ed passed away about three years ago, and, and his, I think his brother-in-law, a number of uh, relatives, Ed and Nancy. Nancy's still alive, loves God. She's, they kind of adopted Jennifer and I 25 years ago in youth ministry. i never forget going to Ed's funeral, and, uh, and he was in his 70s. It was a little bit premature, but, but what a great man. And this, this person got up and talked about, I mean, talked about Ed and this one, the next. It was just incredible incredible the lives that he changed. Isn't that powerful? When you hear about somebody that transformed, listen, when they shared Christ and, and, and their life demonstrated the love of Christ, it's so powerful. And I looked around that room that day and I knew so many of the people that were believers. And I knew in their hearts how excited they were because they knew that one day they were going to see Ed again. Ed was alive in heaven and yet his body was dead on earth. And I looked around that room and I thought to myself, I thought this statement, Ed's not the only one dead in this room. His body is physically dead. But there was a whole bunch of people that I knew that came to pay respects, and I say this so respectfully, but they were dead spiritually on the inside. They had no idea. That, listen, you could tell the people that were Christians in there you, you could tell those that were excited because they knew that this life, we are merely passing through this life. I mean, they knew that Ed was in heaven rejoicing, and yet you could see those that were unbelievers because even if you were crying, you can have tears of hope or tears of despair. Boy, I was looking at those people that I knew that didn't know Christ in there because I knew they were just paying respects, and it was hopeless. It was just like a, just a totally different spirit. The fact of the matter is there are people physically alive all over the world, but physically they may be alive, but 
Spiritually, they're dead. Maybe not spiritually dead, but they may be dead in their emotions. Maybe they're not dead there, but maybe they're dead in their marriage. And maybe that's where some of you are. You feel like, Pastor, does resurrection life have anything to do with beyond the spiritual life? Because I, I'm, I'm dead in this area in my life. I, I, medicine, I had a dream, Pastor, and that thing died, and I'm believing for resurrection in that. Could God help me in that? Resoundingly, yes. Maybe it's not dead in your dream. Maybe it's something that you were believing God for and this prayer that you had for a son or a daughter to come to Christ. You guys know my story, how my parents prayed for me for years and believed God and believed God and believed God for years. And I came to Christ in college. And I'm gonna tell you, I needed God. We all need God. But maybe you feel like you're dead in that. Here's what I wanna say to you. God specializes in bringing, watch this, life out of death. He specializes in that, in bringing hope where there's hopelessness, joy where there's sorrow. That's the gospel. Forgiveness where there is a stain of sin. This is one of the best stories in the Bible where God brings life out of death. Sometimes death can be on the inside. It's interesting, I was thinking about this, this, this little boy, Alex, and he was at church, and he loved his preacher. He loved the pastor so much. And I love the kids around our church where I get to see them. And, 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 and he would always go up to him and talk to him. He'd say, Pastor, he said, he says, tell me about this. And they would talk a little bit, and they shared similar hobbies. And, and, and one day, Pastor walked up to him, and Alex was, was, was looking at these plaques that they had on the wall. And he was just, he was just like these, these, reading these names, and they were all in kind of the hall of the church leading into the sanctuary. And he said, he said, Pastor, he says, he says what, what, are the, what are the names of, 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 of all of those people on those plaques? He says, oh, son, he goes, those are the names of, of the people that, that died in service. And he goes, oh, they died. Like, when did they die? Like Sunday morning or Sunday night service? How did they die? He said, no, son, in the armed services. Oh, I, I didn't understand that. Now, I want to say this very respectfully. We love all Christian churches. I, I want to make sure as long as I'm pastoring this church that nobody dies in the church when I'm preaching. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me today or not? It's okay every now and then to say amen. If you do it too much, it distracts me. But every now and then is good. Everybody say it. Come on. Why? We're alive in Jesus. Isn't that right? We're alive in Jesus. John chapter 11, one of the most powerful stories in the Bible about where Jesus brought life out of death. John chapter 11, verse one to four. This is a story where Jesus hears about one of his dear friends. By the way, Jesus had friends in the Bible. Mary and Martha were friends of Jesus. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. The scripture actually says that, that Jesus would often go to their house and hang out with them and talk. And so what happens is Jesus is in another town ministering and he hears about his good friend Lazarus had died. Listen to this. The Bible says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. Bethany is a town right outside, about two miles right outside of Jerusalem. The town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was that Mary, who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Watch this next verse. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. They were saying, 
Lord, you love Lazarus. Your buddy is sick. You guys hung out together. You talked together. He's sick. We need you quick. The Bible says when Jesus heard that, he says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I want you to put yourself in this story just for a moment. What we're, what's going on here is there's some loved ones that are very, very concerned. They're concerned because these two sisters, their brother was sick and he was right at the point of death. And they sent word for Jesus for, for him to come quickly because they, they needed him to come quickly. They needed their brother to, to, to be raised up so that their brother would not die. And they were concerned about this and, 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 and they wanted him to come now. And they were asking God to do it now. And they needed the miracle now. Why? Because they didn't want their brother to die. What's interesting is, is that Jesus starts talking. He says, listen, let me give you some perspective. This sickness is not the, well, it's not like the sickness that you think it is. I mean, this sick, in the end, the glory of God is going to be demonstrated through this. Now, that didn't make sense at all to the people around him. He thought, what are you talking about, the glory of God, and, and how does this relate? In other words, Jesus began to introduce something into the equation, and here it is. I have a divine strategy. You may not understand it. You may not realize it, but I have a strategy. You don't know what's going on. You don't have all the insight. I'm the alpha and the omega. I have an insight that you don't have. How many times we pray for something and we want the answer now? We want it to happen now. We want the thing to change now. We want the circumstance to move now. We want the mountain to move now. And God says, I have a strategy. But you don't understand something, Lord. My, my, my brother's at the point of death. And when he's, when he's, well, when he's dead, he's dead. And then what are you going to do, Jesus? I mean, if he dies, what are you going to do then? What, are you going to raise him back up from the dead? I mean, if he's dead, he's dead. I want to say this respectfully again. You can be alive physically, but dead spiritually. I, I, I meet dead people all the time. You meet dead people all the time. They're alive physically but they're dead spiritually. They're dead on the inside. Oh yeah, they're going through the motions. I mean, they're going through life and, 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 and they may have a job and they may even be doing well on their job. But they're dead on the inside. Oh, pastor, I mean, I, that seems so radical. I mean, you're telling me that you, 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 no, no, I see dead people all the time. I see dead people in restaurants. You go in there and I'm like, yeah. I, I see him. In, I, I see him. I see him all the time. I see him in the health club. I see him. I, I, I mean, they're 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 alive physically, but they're dead. They're 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 not alive on the inside. I'll say this again. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's where you are. And I don't say this to be offensive. I don't say this to to to, to be too pointed in my language, but. The Bible talks about on the inside that when someone has not come to Christ, that their spiritual life, it's, listen, well, it's, it's, it's not awake. Let me, let me 
give you a little bit more of the story. This is so interesting. This is so powerful. So, so basically, Jesus gets, he gets word. And when he gets word, he, 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 he says, listen, we're going to be there. And it takes a couple days. And they don't understand. They say, no, well, where are we going? The disciples go, where are we going? Well, listen, we're going to go somewhere because I've got word that my friend is sick. I'm not going to go immediately, but I'm going to get there. And they start questioning well, wait a minute, time out. When we went back there last time, things didn't go well for us. People weren't happy about you in that town, Jesus. No, time out, time out. Jesus said, no, no, we're gonna go. I'm gonna take my time because I have a strategy. Some of you are in a situation right now and you've been praying and you've been saying, when God went, I wanna encourage you. I, it's like I've been, I've been sent to give you a word of encouragement. God has a divine strategy with the when. God has a divine, don't you give up, don't you throw in the towel. God has a divine strategy with, with the when. I want to talk to you about three people that he came into contact with in this story. Number one, Thomas. Everybody say Thomas. Now we know who Thomas is, right? Historically, we hear about who. What's his name? Come on, we call him Doubting Thomas. Why? Because when Jesus said that he was going to go to Bethany, what did Thomas say? Well, some of the disciples said, Jesus, wait, time out. Those guys over there, they're not happy about seeing you. Watch this. And so Thomas sarcastically says, why don't we go with Jesus and why don't we die with him? Let me talk to you about three areas that may be dying or dead in your life. Number one, you may be like Thomas. You may be dead in your doubts. You're Christian, you love God, but yet you're plagued with doubt all the time in your life. You, it's like it's hard to shake. Look at Thomas. He's walking with Jesus. He's next to Jesus. He sees the miracles of Christ. Listen, he sees the blind eyes and all this. And, and, and oh yeah, well, let's go with Jesus. I mean, we might as well just get killed with Jesus. How is that possible in our lives? That we can experience a great miracle from God one moment, the next moment we can say, well, you know what, just, you know, God can't do anything. What are you talking about? God saved your soul, God healed you, and now you got this challenge. If God helped you in that challenge, why can't God do something in this challenge? Y'all gotta see this. This is, this is where some of you may be right now. You may feel like there's a little Thomas, an inner Thomas. Look at verse 16 right here, John chapter. Watch this. Let us also go that we may die with him. You talk about doubting Thomas. Totally doubting. The guy is filled with doubt, and yet he's right next to Christ. In other words, things aren't as good as he would like, and they're probably going to get worse. You ever been around somebody like that? Come on, have you ever been around somebody negative like that where they're just negative? And I'm not suggesting that they're trying to be. I'm just talking about they're negative, they're fearful. Everything is, they're all, the glass is half empty. You know what I'm talking about. Oh man, it's tough to be around people like that. You want to encourage? I'm talking about some believers that are, they're just, they're just, they're just, they always are expecting the worst. They're always expecting the worst outcome. And you're like, God's alive. God can do anything. And you're like, yeah, but... Well, keep your, I mean, I shouldn't say that. That wouldn't work. Um, I think you got it. This little boy, reminds me of this little boy, his, his, his mom was telling him, said, you need to go down into the cellar, the basement. That's where she kept all of her canned goods. He was just a fearful kid, very pessimistic, little negative little guy. 
And he's just, everything was like Thomas. Everything was, he's just, and well, if I do this and I make trip and some, and he was really scared of the basement. He thought there's just, there's just like, there's just like ghosts down there. There's like villains down there. And I don't want to go there at all. And his mom one day was fed up. She goes, honey, stop it, son. Jesus is in the basement. Jesus is in the, oh, Jesus is in the basement. So she told him. Now you walk down there and you go get a can of tomato soup because I'm trying to make dinner. Jesus is in the basement. You don't have to be scared. He walks down the stairs a little bit and he kind of gets to the end, doesn't want to go in there. He goes, hey, Jesus, throw me a can of tomato soup. I, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like Thomas. I don't want to be so fearful where, where, where I, can't, I can't even step into my destiny because, because, because I'm scared of the dark. You can love God and still be filled with doubt. Maybe many of you right now have prayed for something and it seems as though heaven is silent. And you're wondering, God, I prayed hard. I've prayed hard. And I'm about to give up. Time out, time out, time out. Don't give up. Number one, Thomas was dead in his doubts. Look where Martha was. This, this is so interesting. Watch where Martha is. Martha's not dead in her doubts, but Martha's dead in the delay. In other words, in other words, she knows God can do it, but listen, but listen, the delay is killing her. Now, you heard what I said. I chose those words specifically killing her on the inside. Look at verses 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been dead in the tomb four days. Let me just say this. There's dead and then there's real dead. Matter of fact, in Bible times, they would put people in tombs and different things. And the first day, the thing didn't, the body, the corpse didn't smell as much. The second day, the third day. Did you know the fourth day, there's something that, that happens with the physical body? That, matter of fact, the King James Bible catches this. I wrote this down. The King James Bible catches this in verse, uh, it says in verse 39, actually, she actually says, he stinketh. <laughs> the body, my brother's body stinketh. How I many you know stinketh is like another level? Come on, are y'all with me or not? Verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have, come on, say it, died. In other words, what took you so long, Jesus? You ever been there before? You prayed a prayer and it didn't happen when you thought? You're a single person and you're like, God, I'm preparing myself to be married. I've gone through the classes. I'm holy. I love God. And you start dating somebody. And next thing you know, your best friend starts dating that person and gets married. You think, what's up with that? But God, what about, matter of fact, I'll never forget, I had a young lady in our church, she goes, Pastor, I'm not going to one more wedding that I'm not the bride. She told me that. And look, I'm not, I'm not minimizing the pain of that. Maybe that's where some of you guys are right now. You've been praying for something. Maybe it's been praying for a child to turn. Maybe it's been praying for, for your marriage to get better. Maybe it's your financial outlook and you think, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
pastor, I've been praying. I've been trusting God. I've been standing in faith, but it just seems like this thing has taken so long. As a matter of fact, pastor, I just feel like, I just feel like if God doesn't show up, matter of fact, does God know? Listen, can you send a message to God for me, pastor? Actually, it's dead. And if God would have showed up and he would have gotten here quicker, this thing wouldn't have died. That's what Martha was saying. If you would have come earlier, Jesus, my brother wouldn't have died. Where were you, Jesus? Everybody made fun of me when I became a Christian, Jesus. And, but I was the one to stand up in my family and I, I stood up for you. And what about you, you, you helping me right now, God? You ever been there before? You ever felt like that before? I know I have. God, I'm doing everything. I'm praying. I'm believing you. But I've, I've been where Martha is before. Not dead spiritually. Well, I was that before I became a believer. But I, as a Christian, I felt like there's things on the inside of me that died because of delays. Some of you guys know the story about our, our fourth and our final child, Annalise, where my wife and I, I'll never forget. Matter of fact, I was with Annalise this morning. She's precious. She's nine years old. We have a tremendous relationship. And um, I was making eggs this morning, doing different things. And her mom was out uh, having breakfast with somebody and, and uh, with a friend. And I, 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 we were sitting with Annalise. And we got into this really interesting conversation. And she was talking about, well, Dad, when did you all decide to, to, to adopt me? And when did all that happen? I said, sweetie, actually... Before mom and I got married, we said that we would, if the Lord would allow, that we would like to have three children by birth and that we wanted to adopt. So in other words, we thought about you even before the three other ones. We, we, you know, I'm just encouraging her and all this. I'm just loving her, you know, and just, just building her. And it's interesting when I began to think about it and I said, honey, and, and we're going to, and we're going to adopt you. We, 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 we said we, our plan would be is right after the, the, the youngest gets two or three years old, then, then, then we want to make sure we, we, we're going to adopt. We really can't, we, we, we wanted to adopt you. Some of y'all know the story. My youngest son, William, was when he turned three or four, we started a process. When he was five, we filled out all of our paperwork for adoption. Actually, when he was four, we filled out all the paperwork for adoption for Annalise. And uh, we, we sent all the papers. We have friends in church that literally got their child within 18 months. 18 months. My wife has been an advocate for adoption and all that stuff. And she's just promoted it majorly. It's always been in her heart. It's been in my heart as well. Well, 18 months came and went, and, and it came and went. And then two years, and then three years, and then about three or four years into it, what happened with China is they ended up stopping the adoption process, and it delayed, and then it stopped. And, and then I'll never forget during the Olympics in 2008, you guys remember that in Beijing and the Olympics, and they said that all the adoptions are going to stop in China. And we thought, and we thought our dream of having our little daughter from China was dead and gone. And I remember that we almost decided to make a different decision. And I, as actually Pastor Jim LaFoon, our pastor, he prayed with us and he says, Steve, I, I just feel like y'all need to stay the course. 
And I said, but pastor, you don't understand something. Our kids are getting older and we wanted to get them a little bit closer. William's going to be 10 years old by the time, or he's eight years old now. And I mean, if we got, if we started it today, it would be, I mean, we wanted to get it. We, we, we didn't want her to have four parents with all in the home, everybody telling her what to do. You got teenagers never at five. I mean, we wanted it. We wanted it. And, and, and he says, you need to stay the course. I was dying in my delay. Maybe that's where some of you are. I'll never forget when we got, when we got word that Annalise was coming. Man, we were so happy. That process took five and a half years, actually almost six years. Boy, you start comparing yourselves with your friends during that, huh? Why did they get a baby so fast? And what's wrong with us? You start evaluating yourself. Start talking to your spouse. Maybe God's not doing it because of you. Well, I thought it was about you. Maybe they're sitting in your life, actually. I, was, I mean, you just don't, in that, come on, are y'all with me or not? You start thinking crazy thoughts. Why? Martha was dead in her delay. Jesus, where are you? You start evaluating yourself. God, I'm a pretty good guy. Why is this taking so long? Number one, Thomas was dead in his doubts. Martha was Dead in the delay. Number three, Mary. What about Mary? Stay with me. Mary was dead in her discouragement. Do you know there was one person that didn't leave the house when Jesus got there? She was so discouraged with the whole process because her brother died. She was just like, I've given up. She'd just given up. The Bible says, now Martha, look what it says in verse 20. Now Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, because she ran out and said, Jesus, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Don't miss this. This is so important. The Bible says that, that, that Martha went out and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Maybe that's where you are. Listen to me. I want everybody to hear me at every one of our campuses. You listen to me closely. Maybe you've been fighting that addiction for years and years and years and you feel like, man, every time I push against it, it strangles me and I just feel like giving up. That's where, that's where Mary was. Discouraged. Discouraged because the very thing that she was believing for didn't come to pass. Discouraged because the thing that she was fighting for didn't work out. Maybe you feel like, Pastor, I've gone to counseling. I've gone to the addiction recovery classes. I've done all the stuff. Y'all tell me to do it, Church of the King. But I feel like it's gotten worse. What do you do? What do you do during those moments? Martha was so discouraged, she was just sitting in the house. I think it's so important how God, what he does is he contrasts. I remember in college, the power of contrast and comparison. Language, the most powerful language is when you have a comparison or a contrast. You think about the Bible. Matter of fact, you think about Hollywood, the themes of light and darkness, good and evil, those themes, there's, there's great power in contrast. I think this is one of the most powerful contrasting moments where you have a man who's dead in his doubts. You have another woman who's dead in her delay. You have another woman who's dead in discouragement. And Jesus makes a statement makes a statement that is radical statement. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said to her, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I'm telling you, listen to me. I got five minutes. I need everybody to stay with me. God is asking us to bring all of the dead stuff 
the dead dream, the dead marriage, the dead business, the dead, whatever that hope was in your heart that's not. And here's what, he wants you to push it up, push it up as close as you can to him. And here's what he's saying. Do you believe that I can change it? Mary and Martha looked at one another and goes, what's he saying? Isn't it crazy when Jesus asks us a what? Say it, a question. We started the series about question. Remember what I told you, whenever God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wants to know if you know the answer. He wants to know if you really believe. Do you believe this or not? Do you believe that I can bring life out of death? Do you believe that I can heal? Do you believe that I can restore? Listen, he never said it's gonna happen in a moment. He said it's gonna happen in his timing. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promise of God. Let me give you three secrets to conquering death. Man, I feel the preach coming on. Y'all better get ready. I feel that same power. I'm telling you, man, because I, 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 I have faced so many things of death in my life that I've had to trust God. Facing things right now where I'm believing God. God, I need this to change. Lord, I'm trusting you. We can't give up when the thing doesn't change that day. Jesus, I'm giving you till five o'clock. Come on, are y'all with me or not? Say amen. amen. Three secrets to conquering death. Number one, get ready to write this down. All of our campuses, we've got to settle in our hearts who Jesus is. Do we just have some little dead God, some little fairy tale, some philosophical thing that I tried this philosophy, I tried that philosophy, that I tried this philosophy, this ideology, or do we believe in a living Christ that died on the cross, was buried and rose again, and he is alive today, and he does miracles today? We got to settle it in our hearts. The Bible says this. Here's what he challenged her with. Verse 27, look what she said. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ. I believe that you're the Christ. I believe that you are the anointed one. In other words, you've got to settle in your heart that you and I serve a God that does miracles and he can do a miracle in our lives today. It's not just years ago when the Red Sea parted. No, today. Today in our family, he can do a miracle. Today in my mind. Today with that addiction. Today, he can do that miracle today. I got to believe that. I, you, do you believe that? That's what Jesus said. Do you believe this? Now remember, guess who is allegedly dead? Well, he's dead, but not dead for long. Remember how God views dead and we do view dead are two different things. Even physical death, we don't view it the same way God does. Oh, oh God doesn't view physical death the way we do. God calls physical death stepping over. Are y'all with me? Ed's up there in heaven going, that was pretty good, Steve. Thank you for saying that. That was good. Very good. Very good. All right, number one, you got to set. Come on, have we settled in our hearts who Jesus is or not? Is he alive, yes or no? All right, number two, the second thing is we got to stop analyzing everything. We got to get out of our analysis paralysis because the power of God is walking right by you. If you try to try to figure everything out, let me tell you, I'm analytical. I get up in my brain, and I'm telling you, you stay up in your brain, and you just try to figure everything out. Listen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith and not by reasoning. We walk by faith and not by our feelings. I'm not saying, listen to me, I'm not saying that we're not transformed by the renewing of our mind, but your renewed mind submits to the power of God's word. And I've got to make sure, if I want to see the miracles of God in my life, I've got to make sure that my brain 
and all of my analyzation and all of my rhetorical whatever doesn't get in the way. Because God will do a miracle when it doesn't make sense. God confounds the mind to reveal the heart, to expose in us the areas and pockets of unbelief. Do you believe this? Do you believe he can do the miracle? I'm talking to you guys. This is not a studio audience. Do you believe this? Every campus, do you believe it? Yes. God wants to change your life, change your family, change your kid, change your future. God can do it. We got to believe that. Man, I'm not, I'm not preaching myself right into Easter weekend. I don't, I don't even have to put my suit on. My God, I just, let me give you this third and final thing. Matter of fact, I want everybody to stand on this, this last point. Here we go. I had a woman in email, which goes, Pastor, don't apologize when you get excited. When you start a preach, she goes, man, it just gets me fired up. I know what I was like the day before I got saved, a hopeless, depressed kid, 19 years old. That's what I was in college. Hopeless, depressed, purposeless. My, my third and final secret to conquering death is I've got to learn to live again in the power of Christ. Why did Jesus come? I wrote this down. He came so that you and I can live, but not just live, but live abundantly. Why did he come? So we can live spiritually. We can live in the way that he wants us to live, the God kind of life. John chapter 10. This is what God's inheritance is for every single one of us. Every single one of us. I've come that you may have life. Everybody say life. He didn't stop right there. And that you may have it more abundantly. You, you and I can experience the abundant life. It doesn't mean a life without problems, but it means power amidst the problems. Joy right in the middle of the, of the, of, of the storm. I'll close with this in John chapter 11, verse 43. The Bible says he looked at that tomb. I'm telling you, I believe that Jesus is over areas in our lives. I mean, I, I take this literally. I believe the Bible is literal. Now, my name's not Lazarus, it's Steve, but there's areas of things that, 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 that want to try to die in my heart, in all of our hearts. And when he had said this, things, he cried out with a loud voice. Jesus said what? Come on, say it to count three. One, two, three. Lazarus, come forth. Why did he say Lazarus, come forth? If he had just said come forth, it'd have been like a Michael Jackson thriller video. For everybody would have how'd you get here? I mean... Or killer, whatever the, I don't know, I don't, it's back in the 80s. I'm telling you, he's saying, come forth. Come forth. Come forth. Everybody say, come forth. Jesus can do it. Come forth. That dream that has died, come forth. Those of you that don't know Christ, spiritual life, he's saying, come forth. Come on, come forth. That place in that relationship, it looks like it is dead. Come forth, come forth. That kid that needs to have an encounter with God, come forth. Come on, moms and dads, come forth. Come forth. Everybody say, come forth. We got to stand in faith. Come forth, come forth in the name of Jesus. Come forth in the name of Jesus. We need to declare God's word over our family. Declare it over our mind. Declare it over our soul. Declare it over our business. We got to declare it in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come right now. Life comes out of death. 
Light is stronger than dark. If I turned off the light in every one of our campuses right now and it was pitch darkness, if I turned on the light, light overcomes darkness. Darkness is not stronger than light. Light is stronger than darkness. In the same way, life is stronger than death. God's life. Everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. If you do not know Jesus, we are here for you as a church. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer and bless and release every one of you. We're here for you as a church. We're here to pray for you. I'm going to ask all of our campus pastors to come on the stage right now. If you need prayer for whatever it is, maybe something has died in a relationship and you're like, Pastor, I just need prayer. We're here for you. Maybe something has died on the inside, a hope, a dream. You went through a disappointment and you've let go. God, listen, we're here to speak the word of the Lord. Come forth. Come forth in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray the blessing of God. May the resurrection power of Jesus Christ It's alive in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl. Lord, I thank you. Let hope come where there's hopelessness. Let joy come where there's sadness. Let power come where there's weakness. I pray the blessing of God upon you. I'm going to ask every one of our pastors, you can call people to come forth that needs prayer. We're here to minister the love and the life of Jesus. Our worship team is going to get to pray. I'm going to officially let you go. But we're here to minister the love of God to you. God bless you. We'll see you guys next weekend.